Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Most of the women that I work with are either hesitant to put themselves online for their businesses because they're scared of trolls and haters or because they don't like the way that they look. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big part of like, hey, you get to take up as much space as you want. You get to be front and center in your life. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here because today I've got a really great conversation just about how life and your goals and your happiness are really running parallel to what we're thinking and how we're taking care of ourselves and especially taking care of our physical bodies and how truly all of the things that we believe that we desire are a result. They're not the actual thing that we need to necessarily be going after. And we'll really dive deeper into that. And my podcast today is with the amazing Susan Hyatt. And she is a master certified life coach and weight loss expert. She's the creator of the trademarked Bear Process, the Bear Deck, and a podcast called Bear and an online community called Bear Daily. With her fiery Facebook rant, Susan has gained an international following of women who love her honesty, humor, and fearlessness. And today we really dive into her new book because it has so many great topics in it. It's a seven-week transformation book where every single week you're going to be really focusing on a different topic, such as in our conversations, we really talked all about your environment and how that's such a reflection of the life that you'll be living in the result that you're getting. We talked about adding creativity, adding pleasure into your day, how to eat with attentiveness, exercise with love, declutter your life, detox your mind, and how to show up and be seen and what that actually means to truly take up space and stop shrinking and stop believing the lies about needing to stay in your own lane or do what you're good at right now, like to get out there and truly be seen in the world and what that does for you, what it does for your eating habits, what it does for your life and what it does for your body. So she's got an incredible book out right now. If you guys are like, I cannot get enough because I'm telling you, she was so fiery in this interview. I just love her energy. She's fun. She's just absolutely a beautiful human. So let's dive in. Susan, I'm so excited for you to be on the show today. How are you? I am amazing. Thank you, Lori. I am a big fan and I am so stoked to talk about Bear. Okay. So we just talked about that you are um, holding down the Midwest for me and I let you know that I'm from the Midwest. So how's, <laughs> how's the weather? Yes. So I'm in (laughs) Southern Indiana. So it's like spitting like ice a little bit here where we are right now. And, and let me guess, you have beautiful sun where you are. You know, it's a little cloudy, but I can't complain. Like, so we've actually had a really rainy winter, but thank God, because our summer has been, you know, without the rain, like it's been really scary with the fires. So I'm so grateful for the rain. Oh, that's so awesome. And, you know, I, the joke about California is always that, you know, it's so beautiful and sunny, but make no mistake, you guys have had to deal with quite a bit. We have. Yes. Mudslides and the wow. And to be honest, I'm still like, I would not live anywhere else anymore. Like, you know, being from the Midwest, I'm like, no, no, it's still, it's still good. (laughs) It's still, I'm like choking on smoke. I'm like, it's still okay, guys. (laughs) You're like, Susan, even though my lungs are filled with smoke, it's still better than you are. (laughs) I got you. To all my Midwest friends, just, you know, I I love you, but you can come visit. (laughs) 
Oh, so you have this amazing new book out that we're going to dive into uh, today and talk about that just covers so much about all the things that I'm passionate about. And I know so many people on here uh, will love to hear. But before that, just for people who don't know about your journey, I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an author and a life coach, and I've been a coach for about 12 years now. And I started coaching, prior to coaching, I was a burnout real estate agent and um, came to life coaching, honestly. I mean, I was perusing the self-help aisle and I bought a book called Finding Your Own North Star by Dr. Martha Beck, which Hmm. I think is one of the best self-help books ever written. And that book changed my life. And from there, I ended up training with, with Martha Beck and my first year as a coach, I went on my own weight loss journey and hired my own coach and remembered thinking when I lost 35 to 40 pounds, like if this former couch potato junk food junkie can learn how to take exceptional care of herself, anybody can. Mm -hmm. I really was on a mission to help women in that way around food and body. And what I discovered over the last really 11 years coaching women around food and body was that my where I really was shining was in helping women discover the deeper self-love that needed to happen so that they love the skin that they're in, no matter if they were gaining or losing or aging or not. And a, a byproduct of that was typically that she loved and adored her body and her body was showing up at its natural weight. And so I created my own process. I started to take a look at what assignments were really giving my clients the most bang for their buck and where were they finding themselves and coming home to themselves. And so I curated a process called the bear process. I'm really stoked about it. Hmm. So come, I, you said so many beautiful things, like just the, the fact that, you know, body that they love is a, it's a result. It's a byproduct mm-hmm. of something else that they're doing in their life. And I think especially, and I'm just going to, I'm going to speak into it because I know that this was such a big thing when I lived in the Midwest. It's like, you can actually think you, I was convinced it was my genetics and not my habits because I couldn't find people outside of my world who had different habits because so much of it was my environment and who was around me and everything that was being reflected back at me until I really started to dig even even deeper into that. So mm-hmm. I know that you say it, you know, it's a byproduct, but also how do you begin to understand that when your environment is reflecting back to something completely different? Absolutely. So that's actually one of the the first steps of this process is something I call environmental diet or environmental detox, where Mm. I invite the reader or the client to to become a reporter in Mm. their own lives and pay attention to what's coming at them through all their senses. Yeah. You know, so right. Most women, when they come to us to talk about food or body, they want to talk about how many calories or how many macros, and then what's the workout. Mm. And there's so much that we're absorbing through all of our other senses that are affecting those things. And so it's like, hey, what kinds of peer conversations are you having? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you digesting Mm. through all your other senses? And honestly, this first part tends to lead a woman down a road of discovering where she first got the idea 
either from family of origin or peer group or culture that her body needed to be different than it was appearing anyway. Mm -hmm. But then unwinding like all the things that were affecting that. And, Mm -hmm. And there's so many tiny things that women we just put up with, we tolerate, we allow to go on that when we start taking a look at that, I remember feeling like, wow, I've solved my exhaustion problem because Mm. (laughs) because Mm -hmm. (laughs) these kinds of conversations with other people, these conversations in my mind are really causing a weight problem. Oh, I, this is, I don't know if, you know, um, you know, any of my history, but this was so my past, like just Mm -hmm. figuring this all out. And it took, while it took me so long, it happened in little pieces like that like where you just kind of start looking around and having these aha moments of awareness. So what happens after the awareness though? Cause sometimes you open your eyes and you're like, Oh damn. Like, <laughs> like my husband's got to go. <laughs> That's actually the joke I make. Like, okay. When you first do this assignment, that doesn't necessarily mean your spouse or partner's got to go. But a, but a, but a lot of women, they're like, Oh my God. Like I'm in a great mood until he or she comes home. Mm-hmm. And it's really paying attention to what are the thoughts and behaviors going on that need to be addressed mm-hmm. rather than getting rid of the whole person. Although mm-hmm. sometimes that is what has to happen. But I, I promise I've saved more marriages than divorces have happened under my watch. But it's <laughs> it's totally, it's totally up to the person. But when they go through this exercise and they come back and they say, guess what? I have discovered that a major trigger for me is staff meetings, my boss, conversations happening in my mm. office. I'm in a cubicle. I can't even close my door and get away from these people. What do I do? And so that's where a lot of the coaching can come in where it's like, hey, guess what? The question isn't like, how do I put up with this? The question is, how do I create an environment for myself that's supportive and Mm. get some ideas going? So I just had somebody in my membership community who is in a cubicle say, you know what I did? I invested in some AirPods and now Mm. I have these discreet little earbuds in where I can listen to meditation uh, podcasts instead of listening to people in the neighboring cubicles complaining. And Mm. it's such a tiny thing, but it's really helping women become advocates for their own sanity rather than just living in default. Mm. It's so good. And I want to talk more into that because I can think back to those moments of, you know, like the stressful moments, or maybe you're arguing, or maybe you're bored. Like there's these triggering moments that you're always like, oh no, here we go. Especially it's, it's funny when I first started to spend a lot more time at home, it was like Mm -hmm. boredom would just set in or the feeling of like, oh, I'm not getting this done or procrastination. And it was like, I would just, you know, go down that self-sabotaging experience of whatever I would do stand in front of the fridge and just start eating whatever. And it was like, there are these moments that it's like this peak moment that you have this choice. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's almost like an out of body experience. Like you can almost feel yourself start to do the thing. What, and I know I've talked, I've talked to so many women about this where it's just like, what do you do around that peak moment? Like the first few times, and then of course you're going to fail. So what do you do after the failures to get back to where you want to be? Well, so 
I parenting was always the thing for me where I felt like, okay, I gave myself a pep talk beforehand. <laughs> I anticipated my obstacle. I was presented with the triggering behavior and I popped off instead of <laughs> behaving in a way that I thought a good, quote unquote, good mom should behave. We've all been there. And I think the number one thing is compassion, mm. absolute compassion and understanding like, what is it that's causing it? Is it the need to control another person? Is it the thought this should not be happening? So for me, it's helping a client and myself unwind. What is it that's so upsetting about this behavior? Mm. What is it you're telling yourself about that behavior? And then what is it that you could tell yourself that gets you right back in there so that you're you know, showing up again and again and again and trying. So for me, it was almost always control. Mm. It was almost always arguing with reality that things shouldn't be this way. So when you mentioned like working from home and boredom setting in and that sort of thing, for me, it was absolutely boredom. That was the number one feeling state I was trying to numb out and avoid. Mm. Yeah. It's, it was so intolerable for me. And it was Again, it was like I had designed this whole career where I could pick these kids up from school and bring them home. And then here's these little like preschooler and first grader sitting at the table with their, their homework and their worksheets. And I was in the kitchen eating a wheel of brie and pouring a <laughs> glass of wine because I was like feeling guilty that I had designed my whole life so I could enjoy this. And I did not enjoy some of motherhood mm -hmm. and like what kind of mother does this? And so recognizing like, okay, boredom, the vibration feeling state of boredom is what's causing this. Mm. And the answers are not in numbing out. So where are the answers and figuring out coming from a more creative space? Like how can I create a mindset and an afternoon that is not just oh, well, I have to do this. Mm. Okay, this is, it, it's crazy because it's bringing us to like your point too because I was just going to ask about which is add pleasure into your day. And it's, I think that that was like my saving, well, I don't think, I know it was my saving grace and it still is. Like, even as you're saying that, like where, you know, what what's something that could help combat this or what is something that would help me not be bored anymore that would help me get in my creativity because I really believe that we are all creators. Um, yes. And that's even a question I'm asking myself now because I'll tell you, like, it doesn't go away if you go back to the old, old habits. Like it will, or if you go back to mm -hmm. um, not supporting yourself. Like it can come back even if you, even if you feel like you have it down after 20 years, if something in your environment totally shifts, sometimes we can fall back on, you know, an, an old habit that can kind of basically a new way of numbing out. So adding mm -hmm. pleasure into your day, I just want to know more about what that looks like to maybe some people who were in a situation or are, are in a situation that you were where it's like, but how do I change like this day where I'm, my kids are here at this time, or I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, absolutely. I like to say, so when I first created this bear process, it was really only six steps. Pleasure wasn't part of it. And I kept thinking like, something's missing, something's missing, something's missing. And it was one of those things that was so obvious. It was just staring me in the face. And it was like, oh, of course it's pleasure. Because I, I honestly think that 
women, we have so much willpower. All the things we do, running companies and raising families and contributing to our communities. And we're not lacking in willpower. What we're lacking in is a devotion to pleasure. And Mm. and when I say that to women, they immediately go to, oh, so you're talking about having more sex. Mm. It's like, well, certainly physical touch and intimacy can be part a version of pleasure, but diversifying your pleasure, whether it's intellectual stimulation, comfort, beauty. Uh, you know, it for me, when my the primary feeling state I was trying to avoid was boredom, I needed intellectual stimulation. Mm-hmm. I needed adult conversation. That kind of pleasure is really different than another woman who might be listening to this who's like, man, if I could just curl up with a blanket and have a Mm -hmm. cup of coffee, that would be heaven. Mm -hmm. So it's really identifying what do you need and are you willing and open to coming up with simple pleasures throughout your day? Because honestly, our bodies are wired to experience pleasure. So when we don't put that as a priority in our lives, what happens is we go for easy fixes like food or retail Mm -hmm. therapy or gossiping or whatever, when if we would just honor what the body needs and what it's wired for, we would be so much better off. I love that you pointed that out because I've definitely had moments where I've been like, oh, well, I'll just do, you know, I, I'm I'm like bored or not feeling fulfilled in certain areas. I'm like, I'll just do more self-care. Yeah, that's totally what's going to do it. And I'm like, that's not working because it's definitely that I need either more like uh, friendship connections or to be using my creative energy more. But those are definitely things that take a little more work. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. always observing when I'm like, okay put the work in so that you don't feel this way anymore because it's going to keep on coming back. So that's really powerful to even hear that for myself right now. Cause I'm like, okay, another massage is not going to do it for me right now. <laughs> well, and you bring up such a good point that the other thing people immediately think is like, okay, all this talk about self-care, it sounds like an extra job for me and consuming. So I am a fan of massage. Don't get me wrong. Like I just had a 90 minute over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, me too. But- <laughs> but like things that things that cost money, like mani pedis, massages, the that I consider more maintenance than I do true pleasure, true self care. And so, a lot of really genuinely pleasurable things, honestly, do not have to cost you anything. Um, and I noticed, Lori, on your Instagram, you just had a beautiful girls' weekend with some of your friends. Oh, it was so good. Oh my God. The pic you could so tell good. from the photos. Like you guys were so happy and it know, was connected. so needed. <laughs> yeah. That's the mm-hmm. kind of pleasure that sounds like is much more fulfilling to you. And you know what's crazy? I was so resistant to it because mm-hmm. it seemed it was it was kind of more challenging to plan. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to like find the hotel and book all the stuff and figure out. And I know that sounds so like, oh, life's so hard. But when you're busy and you have an event coming up, like it, it was kind of challenging for all of us to get that time together and like just plan where we're going to go and where we're going to eat on a weekend where it's, it's LA. So everything is booked. So it's kind of like calling in. You know, I spent a day doing that just booking one day. So, but for me, it's paid off now where I feel like, I mean, like I feel totally, I felt so recharged. I hadn't felt that recharged in a really long time. So Mm. I can imagine how many other people kind of have that feeling like, oh my God, this could be such a daunting task. Yes, absolutely. And it's, and the thing is, is 
like start small, start with little mm-hmm. five minutes. I don't know if you remember when Oprah Magazine used to have along the footer of pages um, periodically sprinkled through the magazine. It would say things like, if you have five minutes, do this. If you have 15 minutes, do this. If you have 30 mm-hmm. minutes, do this, right? Like if you have a whole weekend, do what Lori did and have a girlfriend's weekend. But if you don't, mm-hmm. like there are little suggestions in the book that are free, that are five minutes that you can do periodically through your day to just make sure that you're really devoted to your own pleasure. And what ends up happening is that that turns into the solution for so many things. Oh my God. It's so... Like I even noticed that... I'm like, oh, I'm not as tired, huh? Mm-hmm. I really think that's because my soul is full. Oh my God, I'm not snacking as much the past couple of days. I think it's because my soul is full. Like, it's very mm-hmm. interesting. It is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I hear you, like bigger commitments like that, I can be really resistant to as well. I'm also slightly on the introverted side. Oh my God, so- I'm so introverted. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am too. And so <laughs> it takes a lot of energy for me to commit to something like that. I'm mm-hmm. always glad that I did. Yes. But I think us introverts, we tend to be in our hermit mode yeah. and and then we miss out on diversifying our pleasure like that. Totally. And I can convince myself that I'm like, no, I'm fine. But then all of those little things creep in, you know, all of the... the uh, that shows up in the boredom and the numbing out and like the not quite feeling as happy as usual or whatever that looks like. And it's just, it all points towards, okay, it's time to go and do that other thing. But I can, we're so, especially if you are like in the self-development world, you can kind of like literally convince yourself of anything. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we can use our tools for good and evil. <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm just like, well, maybe it's this or maybe it's that or who even knows, you know? So how do you, you know, cause I think that a lot of people are, we are sometimes our own worst enemy. Have you mm-hmm. got any tricks or any things for around that for, I, I think so many people are introverted like that for when we try to convince ourselves, it's not actually what we need, like really figuring out what we do need. Yeah. So there's a whole chapter or a whole step in the book that talks about mind detox. And I talk about like that inner mean girl as mind crack Mm. or mind fuel. And it's interesting because I often think, and you're right, if if you're someone listening to this that feels like you have a pretty healthy mindset, Pay attention to signals from the body Mm. if the result that you have isn't what you want. Because uh, I find that wisdom from the body is so much clearer than what our minds cook up. So true guidance in the mind that's coming from that mind-body connection is very usually very simple direction. Mm. And untruths, you know, whatever our mind crack is, our mind, our ego will talk in paragraphs. And so I think the number one hack here is what's the what's the physical vibration in the body feel like? Number one, is the result happening around you what you want? And when you eavesdrop on yourself, is what you're saying positive? Is it serving you? Is it simple? Or is it like complete paragraphs of borderline nonsense and excuses? Mm. And I can, for example, I can decide to go Netflix and eat snacks and feel amazing about it because it's a 
a mental break that I need. But if I'm hiding, like if I'm Netflixing because I don't want to face something, it feels gross. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel restful. Mm. So it's more like, how does it feel inside whatever it is you're thinking or doing? Man, that's so interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Like your mind chatter comes in paragraphs because like Mm -hmm. that is so good. Like I'm taking a mental note on that one because when, when something's like a yes for me and I know it, like when I thought of this girl's weekend, it was like, Mm -hmm. yes. And there was nothing else. And then when I started to think about it, it, I started writing paragraphs in my head as to like why this wasn't what I needed or why this felt challenging or, you know, why this wasn't going to be as recharging as I'm thinking. And I was like, (laughs) but my, my body was like, do this. It literally just said, yes. Like when they asked me, I was like, yes, let's do this. And that's what I tend to go back to and pay attention to is like, what was my initial, like, what was my initial body reaction and how did that feel? That is, I love that. I have to remember that. That's so, I wrote it down. So we're good. It's just going to be a new tattoo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's two that I want to cover and one if we can. So eat with attentiveness and exercise with love because this is the thing, right? People are like, like you said in the beginning, give me the food plan, give me the exercise plan. And like, I've, you know, I've been a trainer for a a large chunk of my life and owned a gym Mm -hmm. and it was like, oh my God, we, this was like the last thing that I needed to talk about was the exercise and the food. So I really want to, and it's funny because I needed to heed my own advice, but, (laughs) (laughs) but tell me, let's talk about that for people who are like, wow, I really want to get on a health plan. I want to start, you know, feeling good in my body, taking care of my body. When this is the main focus, what tends to happen? So do you mean when they're only focused on working at how much they're eating and yeah, their like you plan? said, kind of the macros in the exercise? Yeah. So they're missing the biggest part. So here's the thing is that when we give over our power to an external plan, and I'm not saying you can't have a plan. Of mm-hmm. course, I have a plan. Right. I know how many times a week I, w- I go work out with my trainer. I know how many times a week I'm going to get on that sexy Peloton and spin. Yes. Um, I know all those things, but in order for that plan to be sustainable, it has to first start from you. And so whenever we're like, whenever I was for sure this person, I would be like, Lori, tell me what I need to eat and what kind of exercise plan I need to do so that I can look like how you looked on that magazine cover. Just tell me I'll do it. Of course, I would never do it. I would never follow through because I wasn't lined up with why. It was all a transaction. So one of the things I talk with myself and my clients about is dropping this transactional attitude where it's like, okay, I will eat this way and I will move my body this way, but only body if you end up making me look like JLo by Friday. Mm. Like that's, that's, or I'm out, right? So it's this, (laughs) it's this, you know, I want it too fast, too soon. And I also am only moving for this external result. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have an external goal for yourself. I'm saying like, you really have to understand the keeping and care of your God pod and coming Mm. more from a place of, I'm going to move this body because it's a creature and it needs to move. I'm going to move this body because there's emotion that needs to be processed. I'm going to move this body because it's good for my mental health. I'm going to move this body for all kinds of reasons, but I'm not necessarily going to put huge demands that it must shape up in a certain way because we'll quit every time. Mm. 
Oh my God, totally. Um, so, and something I want to ask you about and talk about and see if we can get this into words because I think it's something I always try to explain and maybe you've had experience. Well, I'm sure you've had experience with it. So much of it is obviously about what we're thinking and what we're doing or what, what we're thinking. Hence, what we're thinking shows up as to what action we're taking, how we're feeling mm-hmm. and how much energy we have. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for me, working out is like, it's just a habit. Like I'm going to do it because emotionally I'm, I'm processing through things every time I move my body. Like every mm-hmm. single morning I'm processing through something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even been noticing recently, like if I have big stuff coming up or if something's really bothering me or let's say I open an, a nasty like inbox randomly, like that is going to affect my workout. And I always think about how if people aren't prepared for it, like it's going to, you're not going to go to the gym. Like you get a nasty inbox or a call from somebody that you don't want. Like if you're not ready to like kind of learn how to compartmentalize that and go know that you're going to go work through it and you're going to keep moving through it, you know, most people that's where it stops. So right. with the different thoughts that are going on in our heads, with the things that come up in life, like how do you share with people to kind of learn to keep moving through them no matter what's coming up? Because sometimes you can be in the middle of a workout, right? And you think about something that your mom said and the weight is all of a sudden a hundred pounds and you're like, screw this, I'm out. Like, yeah, so absolutely. how do we keep going? Well, so the number one thing, and I love what you just said, is that every morning you're working through some things. Mm -hmm. And my best friend and I are running buddies and we're constantly texting each other to hold each other accountable. Like you're setting your alarm, right? We're getting up, right? And she and I always say on days when it's raining or it's icy and we can't run, we really miss our mental health check with each other Mm. and processing so many things. And you're right. Like when you're running a business like you're running and, and many of your listeners are running and they, there are trolls online and there are people in the office saying things. There's a way to be the observer of that, to recognize like, okay, so this person is saying, whatever, fill in the blank, stay in your lane. I recently talked to this <laughs> this lady at the gym who we, we were talking about the Grammys and I personally love J-Lo mm-hmm. and she is not a J-Lo fan and she was not happy that J-Lo did the Motown ensemble that she did. Mm. And she was saying that J-Lo needed to stay in her lane oh. as a, J-Lo. As an actress, because she thought she was a precious actress, but that she couldn't dance and she couldn't sing. And I was like, okay, so you realize that J-Lo's lane is actually dancing. Like she was a fly girl on In Living Color. That's kind of what she's known for. Mm -hmm. And then she became a singer and then she added acting. But I really started thinking about, because it, it was during my workout. I got all up in my head about that phrase, stay in your lane. And I was forming a blog post about women who tell other women to stay in their lane, which mm. y'all. And I was grateful to have heavy weights because I was like, okay, like I need to pound some stuff right now. <laughs> but there are times when people do or say things and negative thinking can make you physically weaker. It's proven. Mm. And so understanding that number one, what other people do and say you can't control. It's not about you. It's a projection. And also just 
being aware that negative things and negative circumstances and haters are going to happen. And guess who's still going to show up every single day? Lori Harder, Susan Hyatt, the listeners of this podcast. We're going to keep showing up and keep showing up imperfectly and developing a mindset that's like, no matter what, Mm -hmm. I'm showing up. Mm. It's so good. It's so true. And I would have, I literally, the stay in your lane thing, I had a few, I had, I just could go there with you. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, JLo owns the highway. So <laughs> adopt a highway by JLo. I know. Uh, anyway. Oh, it's, but that is something that like, literally, I think that's so important and, and we won't go off on too much of a tangent with that, but I, I love that that was even, you know, I just want to point out that obviously if, if we tell each other to stay in our own lanes, like we can't ever have the freedom to evolve in the way that we're supposed to. So yeah, I feel you on the stay in your own lane thing. So (laughs) right, I'd still be like only in the fitness world and that would not be, I wouldn't be having any fun in that lane anymore by myself. I'd I'd still be a real estate agent, (laughs) which, uh, you know, there's a lot of greatness in that industry, but it wasn't for me. It's like, come on guys, we need to grow. Totally. Okay. So detoxing your mind, that was really a huge part of it. So the, just really paying attention to what you're thinking. So Mm -hmm. is there mantras or is there something that you do in the morning for you? Like when you are, let's say your running partner is not there, like you said, like the mornings Mm -hmm. that she's not there and you're just like, oh my God, like how do I get my mind to just tell myself to go and work out even though everything is like, no, no, it's okay. Just work through this. Even though I know, of course, sometimes we have compassion. We don't have to go to every workout, but for the most part, like it's pretty important to go move your body and do that for you. So what do you stick to in your head that kind of helps you clear out those thoughts? Absolutely. So I have this little morning ritual that I call dial it up and I do it while I'm still in bed. And basically when the alarm goes off, trust me, when my alarm goes off early in the morning, There are very few mornings that I'm like, good morning, let's make some sunshine. Um, I mean, I'm a pretty happy person, but I wake up with worries and wanting more sleep just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I do, and it honestly, it's become such a habit that it doesn't take very long at all, maybe a minute, but I do a body scan. So I I still have my eyes closed and I assess, okay, what's happening? Am I anxious about something? Like what's, you know, what's my heart rate doing? And then I pay attention to, okay, what am I thinking that's creating this feeling state? And usually for me in the morning, so if we're talking about uh, this morning, my my running buddy was, flew home late last night. Her flight got delayed, delayed, delayed. So she didn't get home till after midnight. So she wasn't going to be up at 4.45 to run. And I set my alarm anyway to do my bike that's in my basement. And when my alarm went off and I did my body scan, I noticed what was happening in my head was a to-do list. Well, you really should instead prepare for your mastermind class. Like you're not fully, you're not prepared enough, which wasn't true. But I was telling myself that I really should sleep an extra half hour and then spend the other half hour preparing for my mastermind class instead of getting up and moving. And so there's this mental gymnastics that happens where I think, okay, what is the result I want? The result I want is to get my booty up and get in that basement. Mm -hmm. And so some of the thoughts 
that helped me get up. And this is for any of you listening who have trouble getting motivated to get up in the morning. What's really helped me is in advance, I come up with what I call back pocket thoughts, which are thoughts I can whip out and try. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But one of the thoughts I like is you never regret when you do get up. I only regret it when I skip. I never regret it when I actually get up and go. And then the other thought, if that doesn't work, is you know you're going to feel so proud of yourself that you actually got up. Mm-hmm. So feeling proud is a feeling state I really love. Mm-hmm. So it's like picking out the result that you want and then deciding what do I need to think? And then what do I need to do that's in alignment with that result? And I do this, like if you get into the habit, and I'm sure you do some some thing like this, Lori, mm-hmm. but it happens so quickly now. It's not like I'm lying there for 45 minutes with this debate. It's literally happening within a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I literally, and, and sometimes, yeah, it is longer, but... <laughs> It's like for me, um, something that I've fallen back on, it's, it's kind of similar to yours, which I, I, I feel like when, you know, we all start talking about this, it's so much of, it all comes down to these answers that you're giving. Like, it's kind of like this formula that you have to figure out for yourself though, like insert your own kind of statements that work. Um, but for me, it's always like that thing that you think is support, like that thing you think is supportive actually isn't like as supportive as the exercise or as the meditation or as mm-hmm. reading the book, mm-hmm. because I can fool myself into thinking that going and writing that to-do list for the seventh time or going and running that errand right now, I'm always like, nope, it'll be there later when you feel better after yes. your workout. Yes. Um, so those are kind of the words that I'm always going back to because we are so good at convincing ourselves like, no, that'll feel better. And I'm like, no, actually, you'll kind of do that half-assed because you'll be tired and then it'll be done and you'll have time, but you won't go work out. So you'll feel bad. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And for me, I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, but preparing for your mastermind class is going to happen so much more quickly if you have energy from your workout. Yes. So quit it. Like yes. so ridiculous. Oh yeah. Like when I was writing my book, I was like, no, you should go right first. I'm like, who are you kidding? Like <laughs> you're going to, you're going to get to the coffee shop and instead of writing, you're going to get like that chocolate cro- croissant because you're tired and you didn't go for a walk. <laughs> right. And you're it, not going to write at all after that. <laughs> totally. I always like, and the other thing for me is energy wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of calls and appointments and classes and podcast interviews during a day. And if I have any hope of showing up in the way I need to show up, it's because I've worked out. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's it's like dropping in. I really feel like it's it's like this reconnecting back to your physical self, like connecting your brain to kind of your body. That's how I how I feel after a workout. I'm like, okay, now I'm fully present because I've kind of moved into my body. Otherwise, I feel kind of creaky and groggy. And you know, I just think it's a great way to drop in and be like, okay, I'm here now. I can now I can pay attention. Yes. Mm. Yes. So I want to know what number seven means, the show up and be seen. I oh like gosh, the sentence. This is my favorite. <laughs> show up and be seen. So I also talk about this as make a scene. Mm. And this is my favorite. I mean, they're all my favorite. Everyone always <laughs> says, you always say everything's your favorite. Um, this one I love so much because the phrase And the um, exercise happened pretty organically in that I was on a run 
This would have been four years ago now. And I usually run in the early morning with my best friend. And it was during the holiday season though. And it didn't, it didn't happen. So I was running midday, which was really unusual for me. December, crisp day. I approach this park that I always run through. And there were a couple of like probably 19, 20 year old young women with a little puppy. And so I stopped and pet the little puppy and kept going. But then on my way back, I noticed from far away that this puppy in his leash was wrapped around the owner's legs. Mm. And she was bending backwards, like almost about to fall down. And I noticed this big guy, probably like 6'4", yelling in the street and pointing in her face. And her friend started flagging me down. She could see me coming. Now, Lori, we've not met in person, but I'm 5'3". I'm (laughs) about 115 pounds. I am not a big woman. But in that moment, Mama Bear kicked in. Mm. And now I'm not recommending to your listeners that they insert themselves into a domestic violence situation. But in that moment, I just started charging. Mm. And I approached and I was yelling to like startle and scare him, which worked. Um, But he turned towards me and started like yelling at me and what are you going to do about it? And for the sake of your audience, I won't use all the choice words that I did say (laughs) in that moment, but I let little mister know exactly what this 45-year-old was about to do to whoop his booty. And his friend was sitting in a car. Um, I I looked over and noticed that there was a running car next to the the sidewalk. And his friend said, Hey, like stop being an idiot, get in the car. And so it was enough of a disruption that after saying a lot of awful things to both of us, he actually did go away. Mm. But in that moment, the young woman, the main young woman sunk down to the sidewalk and was just sobbing. And I was like, it's okay. How can I help you? And she said, you know, I'm just so embarrassed that we made a scene. Mm. And I said, you know what? Like your life is worth making a scene over and Mm. who cares, you know, who Mm -hmm. saw what? And so it was the long and the short of it was she had broken up with this guy. He didn't like it. And, Mm. and he was being abusive. And the whole way home, I was on this adrenaline high and that phrase, like, don't make a scene kept coming to me because I was raised in the South Mm. and my mother used to say that to me, like, tone it down. Don't make a scene. What will the neighbors think? And so many women are raised with that. We're raised with that Mm -hmm. messaging, like keep it quiet, like don't ruffle any feathers. And so part of this process in um, standing up and being seen and making a scene is not necessarily about being super disruptive, although that it's always fun for me when my clients are, um, But it's more about the little ways you can advocate for yourself and make a scene. So it might be asking for the raise or simply saying like, actually, I hate Chinese food. I don't want to go there every Saturday night Mm -hmm. anymore. All the little ways that women can stand up for themselves and start saying like, hey, like I matter in my own life. And then the being seen part, most of the women that I work with are either hesitant to put themselves online for their businesses because they're scared of trolls and haters or because they don't like the way that they look. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big part of like, hey, you get to take up as much space as you want. You get 
to be front and center in your life, Mm. literally, physically, metaphorically. Mm. That is like, oh man, that is like, I think some of the best advice in the world because it will, it will keep coming back in some form. Like if you don't, I have a couple experiences going on in my life right now. I won't share two in detail because I'm right in the middle of them. But it's like knowing where if I would make the dis- the easier decision for people to still like me and not ruffle feathers or not disappoint or upset people, that that will come back for me in a huge way later, whether it's when, when it's happening and I'm just sick the whole time, or I'm like, I went against my intuition and I'm beating myself up and I'm upset because I knew it wasn't what I should do. Like it's, I I tend to like look forward and let myself live in the decision. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like I'm going to disappoint people. I'm going to make, make a scene over this because it's worth it to me to stand up for what I know is going to be a nightmare later. Like I'm kind of done, you know, people pleasing and not disrupting because it will come back. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, like you're saying when, and I certainly have been there too, where my body compass told me was very clear, like, this is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And I talked myself into it and then I'm like, dang it. And I'm, you know, I discounted my own guidance and went along with something. So like be compassionate about it, but also listen. And that, you know, like the gym, Lori, I'm sure you owning a gym, I'm sure you saw it all the time. Like, here's a great example. Women, tend to go into a gym setting and tiptoe around Mm -hmm. and they're very timid around the guys and like, like, oh, that, oh, oh, you want to take my bench? Okay. Like, oh, I can't work it. You know, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. It's like, take out, take up all the space, all Mm -hmm. the weights, like, let them know, let (laughs) them know, ladies, like I am here and I am present and expand your energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, that's it, it's so it's so important and it's funny how when you start to like when you when you allow your energy just to let people know it's amazing mm-hmm. how much less you actually have to confront and use your voice because your energy is speaking for you <laughs> yes and my <laughs> trainer my trainer Eli we talk about this all the time because you know, he gets potential new clients coming into the gym that he does consults with. And he was like, man, I feel like we really need to get you to do some kind of like intro to the gym where you teach them how to <laughs> yes. use energy to take up space. Cause he's like, you go over there. And most of the guys that don't know you are like, let me get the hell on the other side of the gym. <laughs> Cause this girl, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about her. They're like, did you need these weights? Yeah. Before I grab these, did you want these? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to move over? That's the kind of stuff now, as opposed to like what I used to do. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. I, I've, I've seen it a lot. I've seen so many women like uh, actually completely avoid it because they're s- so incredibly just intimidated to be themselves in the gym. Like, mm-hmm. is it okay to be myself in this gym or what am I supposed to act like? Or, and I, and I completely get that, but it's, it's kind of like, I've learned that And this is so crazy. And I'm, I'm sure that you like, you probably use this parallel all the time, but it's, it's insane. The number of parallels from working out in gym life and how you show up there is kind of like translated throughout your whole life. Like it's the best place to play, like and try on different versions of you or your confidence or just listen to the mental chatter because whatever's going on there is going on everywhere in your life. 
Yes. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Because it's, it's sort of like, you know, I think there's a a funny, I'm sure you've seen it. There's a funny gym cartoon that like categorizes the different kind of gym users, like the gatherer, the person who like (laughs) takes all the weights, you know, and hoards them. (laughs) And and so it's like, where else does that show up in that person's life for sure? And I think women who are, oh, here's a story. There's a young (laughs) badass who works out in my gym, young female badass. And I had honestly been watching her for a long time. Like, man, like I know she plays college sports or something Mm -hmm. and she is a total beast. And then there was, I'm usually not in the gym on a Saturday morning or maybe it was Sunday morning. And she came in with a guy and I watched her pretend to not know how to use certain machines. So he would show her and she was, <laughs> she was basically dumbing herself down. And he was like, oh no, here's how you need to hold this. And I'm looking at her like, have you lost your mind? And so he went to get some water and I could not contain myself, Lori. And I'm like, why are you pretending like you don't know what you're doing in front of me? <laughs> And I said, listen, if he doesn't like you as being the badass expert in here that as you are, like, it's going to come out later. Like, you need to show up as you are. And she looked at me. I'm sure she was like, oh, my God, lady, who asked you? She just kind (laughs) of looked at me like deer in headlights. But I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, if you're pretending like you're not a badass in the gym, listen, you need to show up. She's the girl who like balances on three Bosu balls and does her lunges like. (laughs) Oh, for real. For real. Like I'm over here with these little 15 pound weights for my lunges. And I'm just like, okay. She's acting like she doesn't know how to use like the shoulder press thing. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. No. You're just going to bust them out on the date. You'll be like, I'm going to save you a lot of heartache right now. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, speaking of that, this is so random, but like we had Cirque du Soleil in town. And of course they like all go to that Equinox. That's kind of like right downtown or like right there where the Cirque uh, du Soleil thing was. And I didn't like remember it was in town. So I was wondering why all of these people were like balancing on three Bosu balls, like lifting weights. (laughs) I was like, what is happening today? Like why? (laughs) They were doing like insane things. Like just, I was like, wow, they really actually work out that way. Anyway, random side note. Um, (laughs) it was like a kind of a scary day that I was like, I'm actually nervous for these people's life right now. But yeah. So is there anything that you feel like we haven't covered, which I'm sure we haven't covered a lot, but that you really maybe is on your heart that you want to share with people who maybe are on this journey to, you know, transforming their life, transforming themselves emotionally, and also having the expectation of really hoping that their body transforms as well. Absolutely. So the number one thing I want to say is, or one of the closing things I want to say is if you're, if you're someone who has been on a diet or tried multiple, multiple diets, and it's has not been sustainable for you, that this process is a way to come home to yourself. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at 45 years old, by the time a woman is my age, she's dieted over 31 years of her life. Mm. And And when you think about living from a place of deprivation for that long, just know that being devoted to pleasure just might be the thing that helps you create a way to take care of yourself in an exceptional way, making that sustainable. Mm. 
Wow. And I, I actually know that's to be so powerful firsthand. Like it was opposite and so counterintuitive of what I thought, but it keeps revealing itself over and over in my life. I'm like, oh, yep, there's more facts. There's more, more <laughs> yes. truth to that than I even ever realized the older yes. I get. So that's yes. so beautiful. I would love for people to be able to get this book and find you and follow you. So where can we grab it? Absolutely. The website is letsgetbare.com. And there's lots of goodies on there. And we have some gifties for your readership, Mm, your listenership. So I want to shower them with freebies. And part of that is joining the Bear membership community for a month for free. It's normally $97. So come on over and experience some pleasure. You guys, that is absolutely amazing. Make sure you check it out. And this book is not only just so beautiful and beautifully written, but there is just practical, practical wisdom in here. And it walks you through every single week. Just great takeaways. Like I was reading through and it's just beautiful reminders, beautiful takeaways. And like I said, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful book all around. And I'm so grateful for you pouring your heart into this book and this work and And I always end on one last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So you are in an elevator with a stranger or it's just 30 seconds on the street in passing and someone, a total stranger asks you, how can I be happy? What do you tell them? Mm, Oh my God. This is such a good question. I would say devote yourself to what your soul wants. Mm. Mm, That's so beautiful. And you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with a friend. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. 
then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody going to be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to Circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Want to know a huge secret to my success? 
Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.